This is Motley Fool Answers. I'm Alison Southwick, and I'm joined, as always, by the lovely Diana Yoakum and the handsome <laughs> Robert Brokamp. The, to- the tolerable Robert Brokamp. You're good enough looking. <laughs> Thank Did- you. You're <laughs> welcome. So today we're going to go beyond the latte effect and look at other small things you can do every day that add up to serious moolah in the long run. We're also going to give you our best summer reads and talk about the merits of a Sex Pistols credit card. That barely made sense. <laughs> All this and more on Motley Fool Answers. I think we can all agree that it's time for consumers to put a little bit of rebellion in their pocket. (laughs) That's the latest from Virgin Money when they announced their Sex Pistols brand credit card. Finally! (laughs) Finally, I can get a credit card that says, never mind the bullocks. Here's the Sex Pistols. To match the poster that was in your college dorm room. Yeah. That's basically that's basically it. So they ha- they are coming out with a bunch of Sex Pistols branded credit cards. Looks like uh, you ha- you'll have a couple options. Like I said, never mind the Bullocks. Anarchy in the UK is another theme. And I mean, because what what doesn't say consumer spending and like swiping your credit card more than um, the band that coined the phrase Anarchy in the UK? I have to say, if I were a retailer, it'd make me think like, are you going to pay your bill? Because you know, like you don't care about society's rules, right? Yeah. Well, the, here this is just the latest in the long line of celebrities putting their brand, their name on credit cards, and uh, typically these cards aren't a good deal. And in fact, if you look at all of the the fine print with them. They end up being a lot worse terms than other than just a regular old plain old boring gray. Yeah, so this one has eighteen point nine percent APR. How does that compare to like average? Not great. the The average credit card uh, interest rate right now is about fifteen percent. So I don't know. You you perhaps you remember a few years ago the Kardashians came out with the Kardashian card. I believe card was spelled with a K. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> and there was such backlash about the terms of that card. It, it was a prepaid debit card, and uh, you had to pay money to put put money on the card. You had to pay money if there was an activity. You had to pay money on, I don't know, anytime you talk to someone on the phone about your balance, or if you just check the balance, or if you look too hard at the card. There were just so many fees. Yeah. <laughs> It tracked your eyes. Yeah, but, but seriously, it was like, wow, this is just designed to rake in money for the credit card company and for the consumer just to have the bragging rights of having a Kardashian card. They're right. going to pay a lot of money yeah, for it. Yeah, so 3%. That's a small price to pay to show people that I'm still punk. I'm shaking my head. Bottom line is, don't pay extra to carry a celebrity next to your butt. Yes. <laughs> I'll give you a bottom line, and that is, the golden rule is to keep your finances boring. You're going you're gonna to get a better rate from a boring, ugly card than you're going to get one that has a little cachet. Um, you're going to do better with life insurance if you get a simple term versus a complicated whole life. You're going to do better with your investments if you just stay low cost and boring rather than some complicated strategy. So, when in doubt, go with the boring. That was much better advice than my one that mentioned the butt. But that was funnier.
Well, this morning I woke up and it was probably about 900 degrees in mm-hmm, Washington D.C. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. today. Oh, but with the humidity, it's 1,200 degrees. <laughs> right. So, but yeah, but it's but it's a it's a wet heat, so it's nice. Uh, <laughs> it's it's brutal, but. One of the nice things about summer is that you get Diana and Robert's summer reading list. Da, 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 Stay da. inside, sit in front of the AC, <laughs> and enjoy one of these fine books. And I actually don't know what you're going to say, so this is exciting for me too. Robert? Well, it is a book that I'm actually reading, and a book that I've mentioned before. It's called Your Money or Your Life, Nine Steps to Transforming Your Relationship with Money and Achieving Financial Blah, 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 blah. Um, it was actually written about 20 years ago by um, a couple of people named Vicky Robin and Joe Dominguez. And the, the foundational idea behind this is you spend a lot of your life working, and you only have so much life, right? So you are exchanging your limited resource, your life, for money. And then when you think about that and then think about your spending and how much you spend on things that just weren't worth it, um, and what they suggest you do is track your spending, number one, and to really figure out how many hours you're working when you figure in getting ready for work and commuting, and, and you, you realize you're actually making less per hour than you thought. So um, when you go out and buy something, food, clothes, things that you thought were going to be... Clogs. Clogs. <laughs> I'm not wearing clogs anymore. It's summer. Movies. I'm, I'm big... wearing my athletic sandals. <laughs> when I think of like taking my five-person family to the movies, how much we have to spend versus oh. you could buy like three DVDs and enjoy them forever. And when you think of it that way, like I spent an hour or two or three making this money. Is it really worth buying this? Um, but I think if you read the book and follow the exercises, it'll be very eye-opening in terms of like, holy cow, I spent a few hours doing something I didn't like, buying something I thought I would like, but in the end it just either added a little jiggle to my thigh or is collecting what? dust in my closet. What did you buy that <laughs> added a little jiggle to your thigh? A lot of the, not, a lot of the food we buy. <laughs> okay, a okay. lot of stuff like that. Yeah, was it like the Suzanne Summers thigh jiggler? I know. I was picturing one of those old-time exercisers that has that band that goes around your hips, right. and just, well, you turn it on, and it probably sounds like a truck revving up. But that is like, how many people have bought exercise equipment and never oh, used yeah. it, or have a gym membership that they don't mm-hmm. use? So, yeah, one of on one of the it. concepts of your money or your life, and it's been confirmed by their studies, like, you need food, you need shelter, you need clothes, but you get to a point where additional expenditures just don't add much value mm-hmm. to your life, much happiness. And it's better spent either working less so you have more time to do things you want or saving more so you can retire earlier. Anyways, there you have it. I highly recommend it. Book title again? Your Money or Your Life. Okay. All right, Diana, what's your book? I'm going to go a different direction here. I'm going to go with the page turner. The Beach Read Page Turner. Ooh, for personal finance? Yeah, for finance. Okay. If Michael Lewis's The Big Short. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Have you read that? Yeah. This for the for most of our listeners over the age of say 7, the, the 2008 financial crisis is in pretty recent memory and all of the housing crisis, everything that happened there. This book, The Big Short, explains all of how that happened what was set up, and he writes so beautifully in setting up a narrative and 
these are real people, but they're really characters in the book. Yeah, and, Michael Lewis is a storyteller. Yeah. And that's what's so compelling. And the story behind the financial crisis is very eye-opening. Um, it touched all of us. And it's super confusing when you talk about collateralized debt obligations and blah, 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 blah. He makes it really understandable. And it's this. it really is a page turner. So this is one of those those beach read books. Right. Yeah, I'll second that recommendation. <clears throat> All right, so there you go. You've got Your Money or Your Life from Robert Brokamp. you got The Big Short from Diana by Michael Lewis. Uh, and Robert also seconds The Big Short. I do. So. All right, enjoy reading. Dave Brailsford transformed British cycling in the 2000s. After he became their performance director, the Brits went on to win two gold medals in Athens. Uh, That was the Olympics, by the way. It was their best showing since 1908. And then in 08 and 2012, they won eight more gold medals at both Olympics. And to cap it off, British cyclists won the Tour de France in 2012 and 2013. How did he do it? How did he do it? Well, he did it through what he calls the aggregation of marginal gains. And it is just about as much fun as it sounds. <laughs> Isn't that right, Robert? Oh, it is. So the principle basically is um, if you do a lot of little things, improve them just by 1%, when you add all those up, you get world beating cyclists. So he would look at things like everyone would think you would, right? So. You know, being a little bit more in shape, um, some tweaks to the bike, but it was also um, bringing your own pillow when you sleep away at competitions. Which power gel works best? Right position to sleep in. Um, Washing your hands sufficiently so that you don't get sick later on. When you add all these together, and and they track them scientifically, it wasn't just like, well, let's try this and see what happens. They track them. Um, You add all that up. And they had significant uh, results. So when I read this, I thought, well, there's, of course, a corollary to money. If you do a bunch of little things, improve them just a little bit, you add them up together, and then you put it over time if you're investing the savings, it's pretty significant. Right. And so when you initially started to um, told us about this guy and about the corollary to money, I was thinking, oh, it's just the latte effect again. How if you just don't have that one latte every day, you're going to save so much money. Um, but it goes beyond that. But I will remind you guys about the latte effect because if you did forego that latte every day or every workday, it would save you 1800 a year, which you know, you would have to earn $2,400 to pay for because of income taxes. Right. So, but our listeners already knew that, right? Of Cause, course. Because you guys are smart and you don't you don't drink at Starbucks, right? None of us are Starbucks shareholders, are we? I am, yes. Thank you. So, so keep drinking at Starbucks, all of you. <laughs> Forget everything she just said. Latte up, everybody. <laughs> well, let's look beyond the latte effect and look at some of the other ways, other small ways that you can save a little bit of money that's going to add up big time in the future. So the first one is looking at insurance. Right. So we uh, for property insurance when you talk auto and homeowners, you know, the average person spends about $1,000 each. Um, the costs of this insurance have gone up recently over the last several years more than inflation, so you're probably devoting more of your budget to these things. Um, and it depends on your location. So anyone want to take a guess how much the average denizen of Detroit pays for auto insurance each year? Oof. No idea. I have no idea which way to go. 
$10,000. What? Yes, because so much car theft yeah. and vandalism. Yeah. Isn't wow. that crazy? Yeah. Um, so there's plenty of room there to cut your costs. First of all, move from Detroit if you How's live that? there. <laughs> I was going to ask. I hope their public transportation system. Well, probably not. They can Jesus. ride all those packs of wild dogs that are in the streets, mm-hmm. which is true, by the way. Um, so there are a couple of things you can do. First of all, compare. And there's all kinds of great websites for this. Insurance, Progressive, um, a new one called The Zebra. Even Google's getting into this, called Google Compare, although they're not in every state. You should use more than one because each service has different, works with different insurance companies in different states. So you'll get, you'll, you'll be able to just bring up your, you might be able to just bring it down that way by just doing some comparison shopping. A couple other big ones. Um, get rid of coverage you don't need anymore. You might be paying for towing or something like that, but you already have AAA. You might be paying for collision and comprehensive on your old car, which right. you don't need to do because that's some, the rule of thumb there is if what you're paying for those policies is more than 10% of the value of your car, you should just get rid of it. Um, and the other one is to raise your deductible. Yes, that means if there's a claim, you'll have to pay more, um, but you do not want to be filing little claims with your insurance company. If you fly, file a claim, your premiums can go up 10 to 20%. You want to cover those out of pocket. And, and just raising your deductible from $500 to $1,000 can bring down the price of your insurance by 25% yeah. or so. Another thing to do, bundling insurance. Right. Bundling. going Yeah, going uh, with your homeowners and your car insurance with one company. And also bragging to your insurer about your accomplishments. So things like GPA, if you've got a kid who's on your policy, that counts. And if you're married, uh, that will lower higher level really? of it, higher level of education. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, there are so many ways yeah. to get discounts, and you you definitely want to look at those, and especially if there's anything that's changed about your life over the last year that is good. Now, sometimes you have a change; it's not so good. So, for example, married generally yes, unless you marry someone who has a bad driving record or bad credit score, because credit score also factors into this. So. And you wouldn't do that. Because- and you, of course, you wouldn't do that. <laughs> All right, let's look at some other bills that you can focus on, such as your utility bills. This is the stop cooling the whole neighborhood, kids, close the door. (laughs) And and it's true. Um, According to the Energy Information Administration, that's a thing, about 42% of the average household's utility costs are devoted to heating and cooling. So just concentrating on cutting that utility and making your home more efficient can save you a lot of money. And you can improve it by up to say around 30% with just a few simple things. Stop the leak, stop your money from leaking out of your house. Uh, weatherproof things. So window sealing, sealing tape for doors or expanding foam that can shave like a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars off your off your bill for just one winter season. Another is just remember to replace your filters regularly because that improves the efficiency of your unit and it will also make it last longer, which saves you money in the long run. Use a water heater blanket, which I thought was a weird thing, but a little cozy for your water heater. Get a water heater cozy. Uh, You lose heat from the actual unit, so put that put that blanket around it, and it helps that run more efficiently. All of these things together can help you save a lot of money on your utility bills. So stay on top of it. Most importantly, change that filter, clean the coils, you know, vacuum the backs of 
stuff. Get and the gunk throw, out of there. If you throw cable in with your utilities, we've already talked about negotiating a lower, lower yep, bill right. there. Yeah. Right. All right, let's look at some investments and how you can save money when it comes to where you're investing. And one of our favorite places is, of course, looking at your high-cost mutual funds. That's right. So you really have two choices of mutual funds, very broadly speaking. There is actively managed funds in which you're paying a bunch of fancy pants managers to sit around and pick your stocks or your bonds, or index funds, which just basically copy a major index, the S&P 500, total bond index, things like that. Because they don't pay the fancy pants managers, they cost about 1%, 1.5% 1%, 1.5% less. And what that really means is they perform better. Because the performance is oftentimes just the difference between right. the fees. Costs are the number one predictor of future performance in a mutual fund. So, say you have $50,000, you have a bunch of actively managed funds. Because you move to index funds, you save 1% a year. It's $500 a year. Um, so, that's a quick way to get a few hundred dollars in your pocket. Now it's time to talk about how to give yourself a little raise. Yes. So this is another way to free up some cash so you can put it to better use. Uh, Every year, about 75% of us overpay our taxes, meaning we are getting a refund. And as of February this year, the average refund is around $3,000. That is about $250 a month that you are giving to Uncle Sam. Alone, <laughs> interest-free. Yeah. You've heard everybody's heard all this. So, you're we're halfway through the year now. Uh, it's a good time to adjust your withholding. You kind of know what your salary is going to be. You know how it's going to differ from the previous year. And if you got a big refund, it's a great time to adjust your withholding so that you are not so that you have access to that money. And then you take that money and invest it yourself. And invest it yourself. All right, the last point we want to talk about is a topic that is very near and dear to Robert's heart. Yes. Um, so, health. Oh my gosh, his kids again? Oh, wait. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so don't, don't have kids. That's the thing. That's my. We've talked about that before. Yeah, exactly. Anyways. Uh, no, so, health. Um, many studies correlate health and wealth. Um, but by eating better, eating less, and exercising more, there are short term benefits and long term benefits. So, Short-term benefit. I actually have started tracking my um, eating. You're tracking everything. You're I'm, tracking your spending. Your eating. I'm tracking everything. Um, and it's amazing how uh, often I pass up things that I used to spend money on when I am out. Um, I and the things that I have replaced. So, for example, I often would have ice cream or cereal at night. Now it's like celery with peanut butter. Good for you. Oh, I know. And when you think of thirty uh, percent of food is wasted, yeah, um, being a little bit more aware of that as well. And then you look at the long term. I mean, you're you're reduced incidence of cancer, lower incidences of disability, diabetes, all kinds of things that once you get those diseases, you're spending a ton of money on healthcare, cholesterol, drugs, right? Blood exactly. Pressure. Exactly. All of that stuff. Right. So that's a great way to lower your expenses and live longer. So financial health is directly tied to your personal health. No, financial wealth is personal health. There's a catchphrase there somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) We'll we'll dig it out later. We'll suss it out. So if you've followed these pieces of advice and you can manage to save just $5 more a day, Robert, tell them what they've won. You're rich. Tell them what they've won. So if you invest that $1,800 a year and you get an 8% annual return, after 10 years you have $32,000. 
Okay. 20 years, $112,000. Mm-hmm. All right. 30 years, more than $300,000. Nice. I'll take door number three. Thank That's you very right. much. Yes. So, really, it is the aggregation of marginal gains. We're all long term investors, we're all saving for retirement. And then when you go in retirement, you have another 20, 30 years. You compound that over the decades that you have, it's a significant amount yeah. of money. So, there you have it. If you can take David Brailsford's advice, <laughs> Wash your hands and more. <laughs> put the aggregation of marginal gains to work in a few ways. And this is just a few ways that we've listed here. So cut your property insurance, lower your utility bills, find lower cost mutual funds, adjust your withholding, and just plain be healthier. You will have lots more money in your pocket. Hundreds of thousands Hundreds of, of dollars. Thousands of dollars. That's right. And that's not too shabby. Not at all. That's going to do it for this week, folks. You can reach us at answers at fool.com. And please take a moment, if you will, to rate us on iTunes. The show is edited tenderly by Rick Engdahl. Theme music is performed and composed by Dayana Yoakum. For Robert Brokamp and Dayana Yoakum, I'm Allison Southwick. Fool on. <laughs>